We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody. It is 1 in the morning East Coast time on January 8th. I'm coming to you with a late edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. They just beat the Denver Nuggets in overtime 124 to 117. Josh, how are you? I am pretty good. I We just rolled. We did not do any pre-show. We're rolling right into this because... I did not expect the <laughs> game. That was crazy game. Uh, I honestly think in the first half at times, that was one of the ugliest and least fun basketball games I've watched in a long time. Uh, and then the second half was like pure opposite. So it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty crazy. That was, that game had it all, man. <laughs> it felt like a really I mean, game. so, so if you remember, Longtime listeners to the show and obviously longtime Mavs fans will remember an early season game against the Nuggets last year where Luka just played like dog shit. And the Mavericks still came out with one of the grindiest wins I can really remember of like the last decade. And so to see them start very similarly, it was it's just one of those games where it's like, man, we're going to be up late and they're going to continue to do you know, just enough stupid stuff to be frustrating. They're probably going to hang around because Denver's kind of a trash can of a defensive team. And I just thought, you know, it'd probably be one of those games where the Mavericks lose like 99 to 91. And we have to come into this and start crowing and whining about a three (laughs) and five team and figuring out what's wrong with them. Only what happened is Luka Doncic 
I compared him in game to Derrick Henry, which is really not accurate because Derrick Henry's a terrifying beast the entire game he plays football. But a guy like like Luca just looks better in third quarters recently. I I, I almost wonder like I, mean, I probably shouldn't give away the bag here, but somebody should probably do a third to fourth quarter analysis compared to the first half because he legitimately looks better and. I don't, I just don't know how to how to really describe it. I mean, the the guy's stat line: thirty eight, thirteen assists and nine rebounds compared to where he was in the first half. I mean, that's pretty pretty wild. Am I am I right? No, you're right. I mean, that first half was like, I mean, he looked gassed. He looked out of it. Uh, I don't know how many. I don't have the number. I he had eight turnovers in the game. I swear, mm-hmm. like six of those were like in the first half. Like it was five were. Yeah, he had three. He had three travels in the uh, third quarter. Which oh, was it, super. Yeah, cool. it was horrible. I mean, he was driving into the lane and not like it's ve- what was very weird is it's it's very unlike Luca to kind of drive to the basket and then not know what to do. Uh, And he did that a couple of times in the first half. And that like, it's typical, like usually a bad Luca game is he's taking too many threes or, you know, he looks a little out of it, uh, you know, conditioning wise. So his shots are a little short around the rim or he's trying to do too much. This one was like, Whoa, like uh, you don't normally see Luca look that particular type of bad. Uh, And I think that gave everyone all bad vibes and we're all up late since it's a mountain, you know, I'm central time, you're East Coast time. So that just compounded the issue. We're up late and seeing Luca look like that just kind of made us all a little bit more cranky. But man, that second half was the second half overtime was just absolutely incredible. Uh, and the way that he, you know, he had 13 assists. So like he was still finding guys like, you know, the maxi almost game winner. But you could tell, I think sometime in the overtime, he passed it to Maxi again in the corner and Maxi missed a wide open corner three. And then I'm pretty sure the very next possession, he kind of was like, all right, I got this. And he isolated and scored. Yeah. Uh, so he, he knew what he needed to do in the second half and overtime uh, tonight. Well, there's a lot of other players that really performed. If you're looking at the minutes totals, this is the closest thing to a playoff minutes totals game that I can remember in the regular season in a long time. So uh, Richardson played 41 minutes. Luca played 43. Willie Cauley-Stein played 26, but that was partially due to foul trouble, and Carlisle saved him. And Willie played a a significant chunk of the fourth quarter and overtime. Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba each played 36 minutes. That's great because the Mavericks has have two ga- two days off. So this was this was pretty important that they get the win. But it's just pretty interesting looking at some of the statistical lines because you know while no Maverick averaged or uh, ended up with double digits and rebounds, there were you know the entire starting lineup you know all but one Richardson only had one board, but no uh, all the rest of them had either eight or nine. There's a lot of like interesting statistical nuggets. The Mavericks had a ton of turnovers in the first half um, and then ended up with 13. So like that, it, it, it kind of goes to what we're talking about with Lucas play in the sense of there was a lot of, of sloppy play early. And then the game looked really fun late because both teams really brought it. Like, you know, we're not going to talk about the nuggets that much because we're not a nuggets podcast, but they were really entertaining and just watching, you know, the, the Maverick starters, particularly Dorian who had, you know, he had the game, you know, what should have been the game winning three at the end of regulation and then some, some big rebounds and overtime. I was just really pleased with the starting lineups, uh, you know, cohesion. 
Yeah, and it was it looked a little like first half looked a little like uh, the Mavericks we've seen in these other losses where it's role players missing open shots and missing open threes. And I saw some grumbling about how many threes the Mavericks took in the first half. And it's I I wanted to kind of like you know do that Simpsons bit tap the sign again where it's like this is the team like they yeah. shoot threes guys like it is I mean I get it I yeah, I tend I to understand where that sensibility is it's just right, like right. well they're you know watching Richardson drive is painful at times watching Tim like they're just there's nobody else in the team that's really a great driver so yeah they're a three right. they're a three ball shooting team yeah they're just a lot of spot up guys and uh, and then that changed in the second half guys started making them I mean this is probably one of Dorian's best three point shooting games of the season for of eight um you know tim hardaway made a couple in the second half i think luca made a couple in the second half as well josh made both of his in the second half and then of course maxi made all three all three of his i think were all in the fourth quarter after he had a kind of a slow shooting start as well so like that's what you do you you stick with your you know you can't this mavericks team can't really change that much offensive style and they just kind of have to power through it and it helps when you have Luka Doncic, who's an MVP level player and can get you buckets uh, in all other sorts of ways, which just seems to be the theme for him this season. Because my goodness, Kirk, uh, how good did he look from the basket to about the free throw line area? Uh, that was awesome. I mean, there, there's just. It's, which was huge. Underappreciated and something we're probably going to have to write about more, even though, you know, we've started covering it fairly regularly at Mavs Moneyball. I I just don't even know where to start with it because it, it, last season I remember thinking, no, no, no. And now I'm thinking, ah, that's a good shot. <laughs> like all it's those little, little mid-range shots that he's taking yes. now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to be in these, like you said, this, the minutes distribution feels like a playoff game. Uh, looks like a playoff game. Well, this felt like a playoff game. And man, when you've got a defense that is keying in on you and trying to take away the things that you like to do, which for the Mavericks is obviously threes and at the rim got to have a counter and Luca's got to have a counter. Cause you know, as great as he is, you know, he's still not a good three point shooter and he's not always going to be able to get to the basket as much as he wants, despite his greatness. And despite the fact that he still got to the basket a lot of times where I don't even think the nuggets thought he could get there. Yeah. Um, but you got to have that in your bag. Like you've got to be able to, just feel comfortable shooting those shots because sometimes when there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock, that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get the three that you want. You're not going to get the clean look at the rim. You want the shot clock's winding down and you're somewhere around the free throw line. Well, guess what? You got to feel comfortable putting up a shot there. And it is great to see how much Luca has improved in that area so far in these first seven games. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to write about anything, and and I know obviously not tonight. It's ridiculously late, but it's almost worth watching those final five minutes in overtime again to see the kind of offensive stuff that they were running again. So it felt such such a ridiculous statement. It felt more fluid. Is that wild to say? Because I, I you know, the Richardson three pointer. Let's be clear, that was a contested jumper that went in. <laughs> I'm really glad he made it, but it wasn't a great shot. And, and there's just, but that aside, you know, it was a different player than Lucas shooting. And I feel like there was just something to the way that the, the way the Mavericks were playing, it just felt like regular offense, not this, you know, butt clenching tightness that they tended to exhibit last season. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see a lot of in overtime. I did not see a lot of, uh, you know, two guys. You know, two. You know, got two guys in the corner and guy on the wing, and then the 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 five man kind of setting the high screen, and then watching Luca dribble for fifteen seconds of the right take a shot. Like it was. It was definitely not that. And yeah, Richardson had that three, which it did come off good ball movement, but Denver did a really good job closing out. And he kind of like when he caught it, I was like, okay, that's a good shot. And then all of a sudden when he's shooting it, the Denver guy was like right in his face. Uh, right. So good for him for making it. But he, uh, Richardson, I think, I can't remember if it was before or after, but he also had a, a nice drive to the rim and score at the rim. And I believe that happened after a couple of back-to-back Luca possessions. Mm-hmm. And how nice is it that Luca can, I mean, he basically took that possession off. Like he didn't really do much. He kind of passed it off to Richardson and kind of hung out behind the three-point line. I mean, he got a break in a, in a clutch time situation and the Mavericks scored. Which but he, he drew so much say. attention that Richardson yeah. was basically able to step through on a, on a, on a layup that, yeah. that should have had more defensive attention. And it yeah. was, it was just kind of, and you know, that's partially because, because Denver is just a tire fire on defense. Um, You know, looking at, looking at the score here, you know, it, it was interesting to see them get a big win without Tim Hardaway Jr. affecting the the stat total. Now he did have a couple of big shots in the third when they were really kind of reeling um, to to because the Mavericks outscored the the uh, the Nuggets in the third after you know the first half was so ugly. But it's just it was, it was odd to not to not see him out there on the floor. I'm not really sure what to make out of it. I mean, I they won, so I mean fan fan of me says who cares but it's just kind of interesting to see him only get 25 minutes in a in a basketball game with 53 total uh total minutes to play yeah and i think it's because uh enough of the other starters woke up around luca mm-hmm. that they didn't necessarily need hardaway's shooting and it wasn't like hardaway i know he had the good third you know he had a, a better third quarter but he was still three of 11 uh for right. the night so i think it was one of those nights where like he wasn't shooting himself into the the closing lineup and then the guys that were in there they finally picked it up because i think richardson missed i don't think he made any shots in the first half and he finished 5 of 15 2 of 7 from 3 so he did all his damage in the second half you know Dor- uh maxi uh hit his threes in the fourth quarter uh dorian didn't score too much in the second half but i mean he had eight rebounds he had a really i mean he stuffed the, the stat sheet i mean eight rebounds two assists three steals two blocks uh, I feel like he was pretty indispensable on the defensive end toward in the second half. I know the first half he didn't make too big of an impact. Uh, and then, you know, they they kind of had to play the Maxi Willie Cauley-Stein together because Willie Cauley-Stein seemed to be the only one that could affect Jokic tonight. And then Maxi was just kind of their Swiss Army knife uh, spotting up and, and then being kind of like a rotator. He had that excellent block uh, on that help. Uh, mm-hmm. on that help rotation, which made me feel like I was watching rookie Maxi again. Cause you just don't see him do that. Uh, he, yeah. He, he doesn't have the lift anymore, but I, you know, so of the, over the past two games, they played two of the most creative score playmaker types in the game and James Harden and, and, and Jokic and watching how they defended both of them was really fascinating because Harden had a lot of tough shots and didn't make quite enough. And I think the same could be said for Jokic and Willie got, Willie played him really well. Uh, 
that just needs to be repeated over and over. Now, I also think he got away with bloody murder about three times because they just don't call fouls in the post anymore. You know, if like Luca driving at the basket had some of the contact that that Willie was given Jokic, uh, he would have been like screaming his head off. But you know, hey, I don't care the the benefit <laughs> of the maps. So this is all all for it, in my opinion. Um, but that that was that. It's just it was fun to watch him play. I feel like Willie Collie Stein. If he's going to be the starter, you're essentially playing with house money for as long as you can keep it because the Mavericks want Porzingis to come back and they played through eight games. They're now four and four. I'm assuming he doesn't come back. Uh, Porzingis, I mean, doesn't come back until probably, let's see here. They play Orlando on Saturday. I wouldn't be shocked if the first game he plays is next Wednesday against the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just, I don't see them rolling him out against new Orleans. There's a bunch of bangers and Orlando is just too soon, but if, you know, Willie can continue to really discredit his minutes. I, don't, I almost said like steel, steel time, but if he can continue to just not be, you know, the saloon door that Powell has been, then that's an unbelievable win for the Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked at how well he was contesting Jokic because uh, even though, you know, we we marvel at his length and, and size and height, I mean, Jokic has the pound advantage on him, like, mm. odd, like clearly. And I was really worried that Jokic was going to use his weight to kind of pin him under the basket a little bit and neutralize his length. But Kali Stein held his ground very, very well and contested just about every shot. I think the only poor defensive stretch he had was in the third quarter. He he was playing with three fouls for a while because he had that really stupid third foul uh, toward the end of the first half where he <laughs> he fouled the ball handler like at half court, uh, and that just kind of reminds you, yeah, it's Willie. The, 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 you take the good with the bad. But in the third quarter, I felt like he was very uh, – he was not nearly as aggressive because I think he was now conscious of his foul trouble and he didn't want to pick up a fourth and fifth foul really quick in the third quarter. So Jokic kind of got going a little bit. And then when he came back in, when Willie came back in the fourth, in the fourth quarter and he still had three fouls, I think then he kind of picked it back up from what he was doing in the first half. Cause I think he wasn't as worried about fouling out since there wasn't as much time left. And like you, you like you said, you take that, you, you, he got nine rebounds in 26 minutes. He was a plus four. Um, he, you know, and he did a lot of good things in the second half and I mean, honestly, like he guarded that Jokic game tying shot at the end of regulation. I mean, that's about as good as you can do. I mean, you can't really. I don't know what else he could have done. That was just a tremendous shot. Um, so I'll I'll take the I'll take a game like that from him every single night for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty thrilled with the fact that the Mavericks just that you know. Two games in a row, they've not done it yet this season. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive. I'm you know, they who do they play on Saturday? I had it pulled up, but Orlando uh, my brain. Who do they play? Orlando, I think. Ooh, Orlando, who is or am I wrong? I don't know. They're kinda of, no, that is who they play because yeah. um um what's his name? Just went out went down for the season with a uh ACL tear. Yeah, Fultz went down. So it's mm-hmm. it's this is this is kind of their chance. I don't want to say that that Orlando is a soft part in their schedule because that's not really accurate. But you know, a key guy in your rotation goes down for the year. This is this is the if the Mavericks could get a third straight win, they'd go above five hundred. And it's it's just you know I, I think that they're much better than than the Pelicans. Um, just because I don't really care for how the Pelicans play, despite having Zion. 
this is this is this is nice. It's 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 bizarre to end a late game and feel so positive. Like I'm going to be able to go to bed and <laughs> and sleep, and that's really something because I have to get up early and and be a parent slash school teacher. So that's something exciting. Um, I don't know, man. This is this is just nice. It, it's it's after the first, you know, this feels like the first definitive win. You know, the the Clippers game was something weird. But this feels like the first definitive win where I'm looking at them and saying they outplayed their opponent at a key point and then, you know, walked away with the W. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking the entire game, even in the first half when it looked terrible, I was thinking if last if last season's Mavericks were playing offense that poorly on the road against the Nuggets, they would be down like 20 or 25 points. And they never got down by too much. I think the the Nuggets biggest lead was like, you know, 11, thir- like in the 11, 13 range, which I think is huge. They never let this game get out of hand, despite how crappy they were playing at times mm-hmm. offensively. And I think a lot, you know, a lot of that goes for their starting lineup is now more defensive oriented and Josh Richardson for as maddening as some of the shots he took tonight. And oh boy, oh boy, some of those shots were just some brutal shots yeah. from him. Uh, and I don't think, more is you know I, I think we kind of Mavs Twitter had a debate about like some guys that are not getting as much you know us ragging on guys too much or not ragging on guys enough. Man, Richardson has taken some really weird and bad shots on offense as he's trying to figure out his role. Well, he, he can't seem to hit open shots off of crisp passes from Luca, and then he hits that garbage fadeaway while contested. Yeah, it, you know this is just like this is a reps thing. This is a, you know, we, we've looked at some of the advanced data and the Mavericks are like the shooting is the is the problem. And if the shooting turns a little bit, then the def- if they're off, I don't know what their offensive rating is right now, but let's say they're like 15th in the league. Let's say they go from like 15th in the league to, you know, 12th in the league, but they're playing about the same defense then I, I'm really confident in their chances. I This team is capable of just kicking the crap out of people on offense. Once they start going, they really start going. Porzingis is not playing yet, we know this, but when he plays, he adds an extra element of gravity, which horrifies teams. And so if they're able to grind out some of these losses, this is why getting you know, getting Powell off the floor was so key because I, I'd be interested to see what, what Lucas shot tonight with Powell or um, with Willie in the game because the drives just feel better because uh, Luca's not running into three people. I don't know. The, it, this this is a bigger podcast discussion we should probably have later, but it was just, it's nice to see them get a, get a big win. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited. I mean, these are not the, I mean, in that the story from last season, they did not, they, very specifically and very notably did not win these types of games last season. So it's a a new feeling. And when you do it with defense, which they didn't have last season, that feels really nice. Uh, And when you do it, you know, when the guy that you bring in the biggest off season acquisition you make, uh, you know, the fact he shot five of 15, but he played pretty good defense and Jamal Murray did not do too much. Uh, as he could have if this were last season's Mavericks and Richardson was on Murray a lot of this game. Uh, so I think, you know, he had a lot, he had a hand in that. So that feels good. And then Luca making clutch free throws and being able to score in the clutch on shots that are not just bulldozing his way to the rim or shooting a three. Just, it just feels good. If it's, 
It's what we were hoping for as we waited for this season to start. Can they win these types of games? Because the last season's team, as great as they were, uh, they were very much a they're good with their rolling, but when the when the going gets tough, things look a little bleak. And things got real tough for them in this game. The first half was horrible. Uh, they had to the Jokic shot was just like a spirit killer. I felt like like for, like, like last season's team. I'm not confident would have looked remotely okay in overtime after that. That dude is so good at He's basketball. So good. I know. I I I just I couldn't imagine if he and Luca were on the same team now. Our our guy is before we get out of here. Our 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 guy is talk wrote a really lengthy, awesome piece on Luca's working through different kinds of offense using kind of the post up to uh, differently, which he's doing this season. And Luca took a post up three <laughs> to start overtime. <laughs> like it was he 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 got the ball in the wing with the back with his back to the basket and essentially did a a uh, face up. But because he was so far out, he was beyond the three-point line and shot the ball. I know that won't really count as a, as a post-up move. But the way Luca's using his body in different ways, as opposed to just constantly running pick and roll, is something I'm really enjoying watching because he's just mean. Guys don't know what to do with him when he gets in the ball in some of these situations. Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> Like just the fact that he's confident in scoring, it seems like he's very confident scoring from all three levels, and I think that that makes a big deal. And it also helps when you don't travel three times in a row. <laughs> he did in the first half. So, yeah, Trey Young type turnovers, I respect it. Yeah, so that cleaned up a lot. Yeah, I just you, you're pumped. I'm really, I'm really happy to see how pumped up you are because this was, I mean, you you should be. This was a really good win. I, before we go, I really want to point out how awesome that Kleba shot was at the yeah. end of regulation. Not just good for Kleba uh, to make it after considering where he was at the end of last season, where he couldn't, you know, hit the broad uh, side of a barn or whatever that phrase is, but he just couldn't make anything. And then to make that shot and be that clutch in the fourth quarter, that's great. And then also that play was really cool because Kleba inbounded the ball. And then the way he kind of snaked through Luca, and they kind of did this like pick and pop, but not really like a, he didn't really set like a hard screen. Like the way he just kind of floated through the play and Luca set him up. Like that was a really cool play. And I don't think the Nuggets were, were ready for that. Uh, so like th- that was just cool all around. And then of course, Jokic makes that shot. But I-, I thought that was a great, that was a great play. And that's something that we, you know, you talked about. Uh, the clutch offense looking different like that didn't happen a lot last season. Nope. Uh, so that was really nice to see. Nope. Well, we got a couple days off again, which is uh, weird because I'm just so used to the Mavericks playing, you know, night in night out. And we will uh, have gone a game where they play Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, which is just odd in a season where they have to play a billion games. So we'll have a couple of days off, and then I think you and I will probably be back on uh, Saturday night because we shouldn't be going places. We should be hanging out and only doing things over screens with friends like Josh and I. (laughs) This has been uh, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow with Mavs Moneyball After Dark, and we will see you relatively soon. All right, guys. Have a good night. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.